How is everyone? I love second service uh, because first service, like, I'm rushed because people got to eat breakfast, right? They got to go. But second service, y'all have probably, you're well fed. Like, we can preach for hours. I, that's what I love about second service. I really do. Uh, first time guests, excited to have you here. Let's welcome them. If this is your first time, make sure you swing by the table in the back. We got a gift bag for you just to love on you, uh, and it'll be a blessing for you. I'm excited today. Uh, I get to preach. I get to preach a standalone message. You know, we've we just wrapped up last week. We wrapped up the Proverbs series. Pastor Paul preached on generosity, and uh, so. You know, he's, he's basking in the sun somewhere maybe, or he could be driving back, but he was like, hey, uh, open Sunday, you in? And I was like, absolutely. I was like, what are we in? He goes, it's a standalone. Yes. Love those. Um, but so the, 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 the sermon I'm going to preach today, the title of it is Hide and Seek. And, and this message was birthed out of a ministry moment that I had probably a few months ago um, where the Lord just laid it on my heart about hiding and seeking. Uh, and then I actually got to go preach a revival down in Kentucky uh, a few months ago, and, and it was a version of this. So, like, when I prayed, God, what am I, what am I supposed to speak at Hillside on Sunday? And he was like, here, here's the, do, do the hide and seek. And so I'm, I'm excited about it. But before we get into that, before we get into that, Pastor Paul has been blessing us at the start of each uh, service with a joke. So I'm going to follow suit, except it's going to be better because you're going to get two of them today. This is a double portion Sunday, y'all. Buy one, get one. And they're free. They're both free. So, Okay, so the first one's short and sweet. A small church was raising funds for a new piano. On Sunday, the pastor said, whoever gives the most money today for the offering can pick out three hymns. So they pass the offering plate around, and the pastor sees a $100 bill in the plate. He says, looks like we have our winner. Whoever gave the $100 bill can come to the front and select three hymns. Little old 80-year-old little woman slowly got up, walked to the front, and pointed her finger into the pews. I'll take him, I'll take him, I'll take him. <laughs> I don't know if that's based on a true story or not, but I know some women here. All right, so here's the next joke. This is a good one, too. Pastor walked by a ranch when he noticed a sign, Christian horse for sale. Being that the pastor owned a large ranch, he was immediately interested and went into the shop. The owner took the pastor out to the back where, where he saw a beautiful Arabian stallion. He agreed to allow the pastor to take it on a test run. Pastor grabbed the reins. Giddy up. The horse ignored him. No, no, counseled the owner. This is a Christian horse. If you want him to move, you must say, praise the Lord. Pastor did as he was told, and the horse started off on a leisurely walk. However, he soon found that the horse would not stop. He won't answer to woe, said the owner. It's amen. The pastor decided that he liked the horse, so he bought him took him home to his ranch in the country, saddled the horse up again, said, praise the Lord, went riding into the countryside. 
Suddenly, the horse saw a rattlesnake across the path. Frightened, he reared and bolted straight for a cliff. The pastor cried, whoa, but the horse only ran faster. In vain, he tried one word after another. Finally, he remembered the correct command and screamed, amen. Just as the horse approached the edge of the cliff, the pastor was so thrilled that his life had been saved, he raised his hands to the sky and shouted, praise the Lord. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a minute to get all the laughs out. I know. It's good. So, hide and seek. The, the scripture that we're going to talk about is in, in Genesis chapter 3. It's verses 8 and 10. Um, we're going to talk about the world's first ever game of hide and seek. Uh, it's on the screen. You can follow with me. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. First ever game of hide and seek. But... What is it that we are supposed to hide and what is it that we are supposed to seek, right? That's the question that we have to answer in playing this game. Um, you know, it's, it's a pretty simple game, hide and seek, right? You've got somebody that's it. Uh, they count to whatever the determined number is, 10, 20. I think I remember as kids, like, okay, you close your eyes, count to 100. Like, how long does it take for you to find a hiding spot? Like, let's get serious here. But it, I, I just realized this. Whenever you're playing hide-and-seek, the person counts to whatever that number is and says, ready or not, here I come, right? When I think about that, and I think about that, ready or not, here I come, like where are you, someone's seeking you out, Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There you are, right? Like, if someone is seeking you out or seeking out the Lord, are we going to be the light to those people so that they know that they can find him through us? So, simple game of hide and seek. One hides, the other closes their eyes, counts. Then the counter must go uh, and find the hider. Simple enough. So let me ask you a question. If I was to ask you, when was the last time that you played hide and seek? Some of you may say, shh. Probably been 30 years. Anybody, maybe 30 years it's been? Maybe some of you have grandchildren and you're like, well, I mean, maybe 15 years ago? Or some of you have children and you're like, oh, goodness, I remember uh, when we were locked inside of the house during COVID, we played hide and seek all the time. So maybe three years ago? What if I was tell you it's possible that you probably played hide and seek maybe last month? Or maybe you played hide-and-seek last week. Or maybe yesterday. Or maybe even today. Maybe we've played hide-and-seek, but we didn't play it like when we were kids. Maybe we didn't even know that we were playing the game. And, and the game that I'm talking about, hide-and-seek, the consequences are far greater than getting tagged and saying, you're it. What I'm talking about is missing out on the abundant life 
that God has for you. Adam and Eve are walking with God in pure fellowship, right? They get to be in communion with him all the time. He gives them commands and says, you can do this, but don't do this. And what they choose, the one he said don't do, right? And so then because they disobeyed, they were made aware that they'd been naked the whole entire time, but now they're aware of it, and now they have shame, right? They sinned and they hid because of their shame. Now, here's a point. Let me ask you these questions. We know that God is our creator, right? Everybody agree? God's our creator. Okay. We know that he's all-powerful. Amen? We know that he's all-knowing and all-seeing, right? Like, we all agree on those points. That that God created us, he's all-powerful, and he knows and sees everything. Okay? In verse 9, why would the creator... The all-powerful knows and sees all Lord God need to ask Adam, where are you? The answer is, God is always seeking us. And that truth comes through his son Jesus. J-E-S-U-S. Jesus ever seeking us sinners. When we wouldn't seek after God, God said, okay, I will seek after you, and I will send my one son to come after you. That's how desperately I want to be in a relationship with you. Please don't hide from me. You can't hide from God. But who's been, who, who is guilty of trying to hide or trying to hide, hide certain aspects of your life from God? Yeah, for sure we do. Why do we do because sin, the very first game of hide-and-seek, sin led to hiding. That's what we do. We're no different. In Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 24, it says, Who can hide in secret places so I cannot see them, declares the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. He's literally everywhere. And yet we think that we can hide from him or hide certain things from him. Why do we hide? Why do we hide? Shame, right? How many of you growing up, even as small children, you didn't even realize, I mean, you probably knew what was right and wrong, but how many of you got a bad grade on a test, or how many of you hurt your sibling, or how many of you stole something and then went and hid in like a closet in your house thinking that your parents would never find you? We did it. We all did it. Oh, I'm getting under the bed. They'll never look under there. Come on, man. You're not a genius. But we feel like we can hide those things, right? We feel like we can hide those things from God. We feel like we're in control, right? That's what it ultimately boils down to. i got to have control because I'm going to do what I want, when I want, how I want. And if there's consequences to it that are negative and I don't like, I'll just hide it. I will just hide it. And not have to deal with it. Uh, if you've heard my life story, hiding things ain't the way to go. It's not the way to go. 
God will bless you when you confess it and repent, and he'll use it for his glory and for your good and the good of others. But take it from me. Don't go down that path. Because in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 14, it says, For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. He'll bring it to light. And he doesn't do it because he's mad. He doesn't do it because he hates you or that he's angry. He does it because he loves you. And he knows that what you're hiding from him or from others is keeping you from stepping into this abundant life that he created you for. That's love, right? When we truly understand how much God loves us, we'll understand that he exposes those things and he humbles us because he loves us that much. He doesn't want to keep us in those secret hiding places. He doesn't want us to hold on to those things that weren't meant for us to carry in the first place. Amen? And God doesn't just bring out the bad, right? Like, we've grown up, society, are, like, it's just happened over time that we always focus on the wrong, the bad, the negative. We just do, right? I remember in school, there's a hundred, there is a hundred question test, right? Each point, each question is worth a point. Nailed it. Get done. 99%. A plus. Take it home. What is the first thing that said? Ah, that's a bummer. You missed one. How about the 99 I got right? Can we celebrate that? Like, I'm not going to get a cookie because I missed one. Uh, they weren't that bad. Mom and dad weren't that bad. But, but if, you go through, if you go through life, think about it. Think about things that you've done, or maybe you've been the one that cast judgment because they've done all this right. You do one wrong, and then you hang on to that. Like, that's not what God does. God highlights the sin so that we have an opportunity to confess it, repent it, and then turn towards him and follow his plan. He doesn't do it to smite us or to put us in this negative light so everybody says, ah, oh, you sinner. He doesn't do it because of that. He does it because he loves us. He highlights the good in us all the time. He really does. If you've gotten a word of encouragement lately, like, hey, great job. Your yard looks amazing. Uh, Matt, Matt back there, their yard looks fantastic. So a little word of encouragement, right? I'm not going to point out, maybe there's something, maybe there's a flaw in it. Why would I point out the flaw when he's done so much hard work to make it look so good, right? Like, that's what we should encourage each other. And that encouragement should stay, right? But when somebody says, like, I could get 15 compliments and say, man, what a great message. Glory to God. All be to God. Da, da, da. So one person could say, I didn't like that one. I'm probably going to walk around next week holding on to that one instead of the 15 words of encouragement that I got. Okay, so now we're going to get into the points of hide and seek. I'm going to give you some practical things that you can do to avoid playing the game the wrong way. There's a right way to play hide and seek, and there's a wrong way. The wrong way was Adam and Eve showed us, and then we all kind of followed suit. So the first point is, in trouble, don't hide. Like, so simple, right? Like, walk out of here going, wow, that was profound. Did you hear him? He said, if I'm in trouble, don't hide. Why didn't I think of that? 
Would we want God to hide from us when we're in trouble? No. Why should we try to hide ourselves from him when he's the one that wants to help us in our time of need? Has God ever helped you in your time of need? Has he ever not been there? Has it ever been delayed? Has he taught you things during that delay to prepare you for the answer? God is so good. He's so good. Psalm chapter 50, verse 15 says, And call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. Call on me in the day of trouble. Well, hold on, God. Let me get three or four years of days of trouble, and then I'll finally call on you. God's like, you call on me day one, I got you. What do you do? Why are you, why are you trying to do all this on your own? Like, I didn't create you for that. Call on me, and I will deliver you. Quit trying to deliver yourself. Pizzas don't deliver themselves. There's a pizza driver that delivers them, right? Why am I trying to deliver myself when I wasn't created to do such? And just like a parent to their child, we desire the response to come first from the child. God knew exactly where Adam was, but Adam needed to realize that he had done wrong and come clean. Right? We're not robots. We have free will, and God wants us to realize, oh, yeah. That was wrong. There's power in the confession, right? There's power in the confession. And that's why God said, Adam, where are you? He very easily could have been like, nice try, bro, over there behind the rock. <laughs> no, he's like, hey, where are you? He wanted to show that he was always seeking him and that when you get into trouble, don't hide. So my next point is, don't hide it, confess it. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Adam was hiding, and God knew exactly where he was. He's the very first example of what we are to do to get right with God. It's the very key to our salvation. Right? My girls just went to uh, vacation Bible school. And I got to pick them up a couple of times, and, you know, they, they got awesome dances. Da-na-na, da-na-na-na-na. But the message in that was the ABC, the ABCs of salvation. That first you have to admit, then you have to believe, then you must confess, right? And so don't hide it, confess it. Uh, we must first admit that we've done wrong, then we ask for forgiveness by confessing. God wants us to come to him, and when we didn't, he sent Jesus to us. Like, that's how good God is. He gives you every opportunity in the world to turn to him and go to write this relationship, which we then we can't. He's like, okay, I'm going to send my one and only son. You just accept him, believe in him, confess him as Lord and Savior, and you no longer have to hide. You no longer have to carry all of that. You don't have to live in shame. You don't have to live in, like, oh, man. Don't hide it. Confess it. Hide and seek. We can ask, we can ask the Lord to search us out and show us where we are wrong. Right? We can say, there's scripture, and I'm going to get to it. 
But this come from a devotional that I did a couple of months back, and, and it just it fits perfectly. For us to know that we are right, we must be willing to first search out where we are wrong. Right? Take time. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Has anybody ever been involved at work and you do like an inventory? Y'all know what it means to take inventory, right? To go through all the shelves and all the things to make sure your account, everything's accounted for. You ever take inventory of your days, of your weeks, of your months? Do you ever do, you ever do that? It's pretty powerful. It, uh, it's, it's, uh, it, it can be scary, like the ministry moment, is stepping into something that you never stepped into, like self-reflection, to look at how did I handle situations. Go back to my sermon on speaking life. Go back and take inventory of those conversations that I've had with people over the past day, two days. And you don't do it to highlight the negative, but you do it to highlight areas of your life that you need to be more surrendered to God so that he can use you as a vessel. So don't hide it, confess it. The next one is search me. Psalm 139 verse 1 says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. Verse 23, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Like, that's scary, right? Like, all right, God, I want to be fully surrendered. I want to be fully obedient. I just want to live for you. Search this side, just this side for right now. I'm not ready for the whole thing. God's like, ah, I don't do anything halfway, right? And I'm not just going to bombard and push my way in. You've got to be open. You've got to be open and allow me to search, right? Like how many of y'all have watched like a documentary, a crime series or whatever, and the police are like, uh, yeah, ma'am, New Albany Police Department, can we please search the premises? Without a search warrant, she can say, no, you can't. Or yes, you can. God is knocking, saying, can I search you so that I can show you any offensive ways, so I can show you any ways that are causing you anxiety and help you get rid of those? Because I want you to be free. I do. Let him in. Let him search you. It's good. Okay, so, so we go back to the points. Uh, in trouble, don't hide. Don't hide, confess it. Search me. Now, hide this. We are supposed to hide some things. We are. We're supposed to play this game. And Psalm uh, chapter 119 verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's what we are to hide. Hide God's word in our heart. So that in any situation that you're presented with, good, bad, indifferent, whatever it is, what flows from your mouth is what's stored up in your heart is what the Bible says, right? Like everything starts with a thought. And how you respond, go back, to, go back to the Speak Life sermon. Everything that comes out of your mouth is from what's stored up in your heart. So every situation that we are in. Now that doesn't mean that every single time I have a conversation with you, all I'm going to do is spit out Bible verses. That's not it. But it goes back to the posture of my heart, right? And if you've... If you've been at Hillside at any time, if you go back and look at all the sermons and the messages, 
everything pretty much points to a posture of our heart, right? Like I mentioned that last week, Pastor Paul closed out the Proverbs series with generosity. And, and Becca, the first service, and Tom is awesome. I don't know if you all talked about it, but you guys shared the exact same scripture when it come to the tithes and offerings about the widow that gave everything she had. And it wasn't about the amount. It was about the heart, right? It was about the heart. It was about the heart. So hide God's word in your heart. How's that happen? Maybe you got to read it. But I tell you what, man, these Bible apps are awesome. You hit play, it'll speak it to you. You don't even have to actually read it. And you do realize that, like, even if you're driving down the road and you've got, like, Scripture in playing, you may not be retaining it fully, but if, if your environment is surrounded with God's Word, you will consume it. Just like if I don't have it on a worship Christian station, I got it on some old, like, 90s hip-hop and R&B back pre-Christ life. Like, that will consume me, and I can go down that path. Like, I want to go down the path of Jesus, right? So hide this. Hide his word. Now, seek this. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29. But if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him with all your heart and with all your soul. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. Matthew 6, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Matthew chapter 7, 7 through 8, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find it. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Seek, 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 seek the Lord. How half-heartedly? No. With all your heart. All your heart. Don't leave areas of your heart not surrendered to God. Just it's, it's, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to do anything half-heartedly, but especially surrendering it to the Lord and seeking Him. Like, I can't seek Him and the world at the same time. It doesn't work. What happens? Heartbreak. Right? Like, my heart cannot be torn to go seek after the Lord and seek after what the, what the world has to offer me. I can't do that. It will end in heartbreak. Thank God we serve a Lord that says, I am close to the brokenhearted, amen? How many times have you been brokenhearted thinking I'm, I'm serving the Lord, but other things are pulling you in this world, and you're doing both? How many times has it ended up in heartbreak? Pretty high statistics. I don't have them on hand, but I'm just going to say up there. But thank God he's a way maker, he's a miracle worker, he's a healer. Just turn and seek after him with all your heart. One who seeks, finds. So hide and seek. Hide and seek. <laughs> I forgot this part. This is probably 
That's one of the best parts. When I was putting this together, God is so good, right? When you, when you, start, when you start looking back on life, or if God ever calls you to, to preach a message or to teach a word, or maybe just to have an encouraging conversation with somebody, God will, like, show you things and be like, here you go. I'll let you chew on this one for a little bit. Hide and seek was pride, right? There was a lot of pride involved in that. And at a young age, God showed me, you were a young man, but you, you still had, you struggled with pride. Man, I still do. We all, pride is a daily struggle for me. Uh, I try to be surrendered, but sometimes I, I do allow my pride to swell up a little bit. But let, let me go back to this game of hide and seek, for real. This is not a joke. This is not made up. This for real happened. This will show you how early on in life that I struggled with pride. So I'm at my uh, Uncle Lord and Aunt Becky's house. My cousins, Chastity and Misty, and maybe some friends of theirs were over there. They lived in Morristown, east of Indianapolis. And, like, I'm super competitive. Like, when, it, when I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it with all my heart, good or bad, pro promise you. Like, 100 miles an hour, let's go. So we're playing hide-and-seek, and I, was, I got to hide. So I went down to where nobody ever wanted to go. It was the basement bathroom. Nobody liked to go in there because it was dark to get in there. Then it was extra dark when you got in there, so dark. And I was like, I'm about to win this game. I don't care if I'm in here for how many days. Like I go in there, go in the shower, shut the shower, and I'm in there. And I'm like, oh, man, I am going to bask in this wind. This is going to be awesome. I was like, I, I, oh, man, I hope she finds me soon. I have got to use the restroom. Knowing full well I could open this shower door and there's a commode, okay? But I'm not about to lose. Uh, I'm listening for footsteps, hoping, oh, man, I hope I get found out. There's a lot of correlations to real life in this, too. I've hidden a lot of things and desperately wanted to be found out but just didn't have the strength to confess it. I love God because he exposed every one of them. Everything that I've hidden from another individual has been exposed. And that first exposure is painful. But boy, the freedom and the peace that comes after it is so good. So I hid in this shower, and I don't know how long I held it, but I couldn't hold it anymore. And finally, when I got caught, my pants were wet. <laughs> um, and so in that game, I was able to just change my pants and go on. It's a great story, right? Like, I'll never forget it. But God's like, hey, that's, that, there's a lot of truth in that. That, that if you hide from me in the wrong areas of your life and, and don't do those things, it's going to cause you some shame. It's going to cause you some disappointment, some humiliation, right? Like nobody doesn't want to get caught out in public with their pants wet. It's no fun. But the consequences of hiding certain things from God and from, from others, the consequences are a lot more than some wet trousers, I'm telling you. We sin and we try to hide it. 
we're in trouble, and yet the Father loves us so much that he wants to help us. But we need to decide that we need him rather than to think we can get ourselves out of the jam that we're in. How many of y'all have ever gotten yourself into a jam and worked and worked and worked and worked to try to get yourself out of it? All, all of us. I guarantee it. Every one of us has a story. You get yourself into it, and God's just sitting there watching, waiting. Like, hey, seek me. Call out my name, and I will deliver you. And the more I tried to get myself out of a jam, the deeper I got myself into the hole, right? And I just kept digging, and I just kept digging. And then you get so deep that you lost grip of where you could even grab to even try to pull yourself up. And God's like, just, oh, you, just reach up, call on me, seek me, and I will deliver you. Like, you know, always, you know, I, if, uh, if you've ever been in any type of recovery or, or, or counseling or anything like that, I've heard it so many times, but it's so true that, you know, people are like, oh, man, I hope Josh finally hit his rock bottom. Right, Because you watch people that you love, and, and they continue to go down this path of destruction and harm and pain, and it's awful. And you want to help, but you just can't. Why? Because, like, for me, rock bottom was when I finally decided to put the shovel down and try to get myself out of what I put myself into, right? Close call in the name of the Lord. Humble yourself before the Lord, and in his time, he will lift you up. That's what it took for me. I had been hiding and hiding and hiding and hiding, causing pain to those around me. Like, it's awful. It's terrible. But God's faithful. God is so faithful. That even though everything that we hide, we just turn and seek after him, and he's right there just loving us. We are given the right to call out to the Lord. Like, given the right. Like, that's... That's a privilege. That's a blessing that we get to call out to the Lord. Can you imagine if he hid from us in our time of need? He seeks us. He knows us. What do we truly have to hide? Right? There's, there's nothing that we can truly hide. We are to hide his word in our hearts to guide and guard us from doing what displeases him, sinning, things like that. Right? And it's not because... Like we're afraid that he's not going to love us anymore. He already loves us unconditionally. Like that's the mindset I had to, I had to shift from. When I, was, when I was first saved, I had that still works mentality. Like if I do enough good, if, if I do all these things, then God's going to love me more and he's going to appreciate and he's going to approve of me. And he's like, son, I already love you more than I could ever love you. And how much more peace you're going to have in your life when you walk in that, knowing that I love you, right, from love instead of for love. It's a major, major mindset shift if you can get there. And if you're not there, I pray that you get there. Like you don't do things for God's love. You do them from his love. He's al he already loves you so much. And he demonstrated that by what he did with Jesus. And it says in Romans that while we were still sinners, 
Christ died for us. It wasn't after we cleaned up our act and after we got ourselves out of the jam that we got ourselves into. And you know what? I'm thankful that God didn't allow me to pull myself out of the pits that I went into. Why? Because I would be more prideful than I was in that moment. God's like, you can't. I'm not even going to allow it. I need you to fully rely on me. And I will put you back on solid ground and then develop and build you for what I created you for. He's so good. God is so good. We are to seek him. Not that he is hiding, but rather put our focus on exploring him rather than things of this world. That's the whole heartbreak. Like, seek him. We can't go two ways, right? I haven't figured out how to do that. Two places at one time. It didn't work. It doesn't work. Even though we continually try to do it, it just doesn't work. Okay, the last point, hide the word in your hearts and seek him. That's the hide and seek. That's the hide and seek. Hide his word in your heart and seek him with all your heart. Right? When we are fully surrendered and bring everything that is hidden into his life, he will bless that obedience, and you will experience the true freedom that's only found in Jesus Christ. There is no need or reason to hide anything from our Lord and Father. He wants you to be free. He wants you to be free so much that he sought us out with his son Jesus. Like, I mean, I don't know... I don't know what else there is. Yet when we do hide, he always seeks us out. He always seeks you out. So I, I don't know, I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you're hiding. I don't know what you've hidden. Uh, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's something that you just need to confess to God. And say, God, I'm sorry that I've hidden this. It is causing a barrier between your and I's true relationship. Right? Because we want to get to that place of Adam and Eve prior to the sin. Like we want to walk in fellowship with God all day in communion with him just strolling. I assume this is how they walked back then. I'm not 100% sure. But we want to do, we want to be in that close relationship with God all the time. And we can be. We can be, but then we sin, and what do we do? We go into hiding. Because we think if we hide, God doesn't know where we are, and he doesn't know. Or we're so scared of whatever the punishment is, and he's like, I'm not going to seek you out and find you for the punishment. I'm doing it for the freedom, because you're putting yourself in chains that you weren't meant to be shackled with. Stop hiding. And seek after him with all your heart. He desperately wants a relationship. And maybe today, maybe today you've never made that first decision to seek him, to accept the ABC. Admit that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus is the son of man. And confess that he is Lord and Savior over your life. Surrender your heart. Surrender your life to him to experience that freedom that only comes through Jesus Christ. Maybe today that's not your day. Maybe today is the day that you want to do it. Today is the day of salvation. Right? And we have that opportunity. 
Today, if you've got something that you've been hiding for a long time, the thing about hide, things hiding secrets, secrets keep us sick, right? I know for me, that's that was my story, man, for years and years and years. Secret, 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 secrets. And secrets don't just stay there. They keep us sick, and they grow, and they fester. And the, and, the, and, the, and the healer, the ultimate physician, God, like, I go to him to medicate me, right? Like, that's where I'm to. But self-medication led me down paths that I wouldn't want anybody else to go down. So if, you, if you're hiding something, if you've got a secret, man, confess it. Don't hide it. Confess it. He wants to deliver you. He wants to set you free. He wants to heal you. He wants you to walk in fellowship with him constantly. And you can do that through his son, Jesus. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this day. God, I just thank you for your word. God, I thank you how, as a child, we were able to play this little game of hide and seek. But God, you highlighted the very first game ever played. And then throughout your word, you have showed us how to play it properly. It's not that you don't want us to play games and enjoy and be youthful and be childlike, God, but you have a way that we can do it that always brings us closer to you. So God, today I pray that if there's even one here that has a secret that they need to confess, Lord, that they let go of it. God, that there's even one here today that just needs to seek you in some area of their life. God, that they do it with no fear, knowing that you would not lead them into trouble. God, we love you. We're so thankful for your son, Jesus, that you sought us out, even as sinners. God, I love you so much, and I pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus.